Hello and welcome to the show. Today I want to talk about Lupe Veles, who basically is the opposite of Dolores del Rio, which I had covered in the last episode. So Lupe Veles was also from Mexico and her nickname was Mexican Spitfire. So Lupe Veles was actually born Maria Guadalupe Villalobos Veles on July 18, 1908. And she was born into a wealthy Mexican family in San Luis Potosi. At the age of 13, she was sent to the U.S. to learn English and dance in San Antonio, Texas, both of which she excelled at. All other subjects, though, she was a rather poor student in, she admitted herself. How did Lupe start out? How did she become one of the stars of old Hollywood? Lupe had started to dance in San Antonio, Texas, and she wanted to become one of the great ones. And she started out as a revue dancer. And she was even introduced by her mother to one of the most famous vedette of Mexico. Vedette is a French word, and it described the revue dancers you would know from the Lido and the Moulin Rouge or the Siegfeld Follies. Meaning they dance, they act, they sing, and they do so with flashy dresses and costumes, and they do bear a lot of skin. So she was introduced to the major one in Mexico by her mom. And she was a huge success when she starred as a vedette in some of the reviews. She established herself as one of the stars of Mexican vaudeville theatre when joining stage producers Carlos Ortega and Emmanuel Castro. It was her suggestive singing and her provocative dancing that were a huge hit with audiences. But when she was refused a race by the producers, she joined another theatre. But she was let go there because of her feisty attitude. Not long after, though, she got another deal that paid her exactly what she wanted because she was a skilled dancer and she was great entertainment. So how did Lupe Velez come to Hollywood, though? She was recommended to stage director Richard Bennett, who coincidentally is the father of famous actresses Joan and Constance Bennett. So Bennett, the director, was looking for an actress that could portray a Mexican singer in his next play. And Lupe Velez seemed like the perfect fit. So, Bennett sent a telegram to Mexico, asking her to come to Los Angeles. When she arrived in Los Angeles, she learned that the role had been given to another actress already. But MGM sent for her, asking for a screen test. And that obviously was a hit. Because she was beautiful, she had a great personality, and she had that energy that was transported in the medium of film quite perfectly. So Lupe Velez started with small roles in Hell Roach shorts. Her breakthrough role, though, was alongside Douglas Fairbanks in The Gaucho. It was her first full-length movie. Her first roles in Hollywood cast her as an erotic, ethnic, exotic woman with a hot temper and a short fuse. And therefore, magazines named her the Mexican Wildcat, the Mexican Madcap, Whoopi Loopy, and the Hot Tamale. She had made her niche as a volatile, hot-tempered, and absolutely beautiful woman. That was her thing. And she had great sense for comedy. So that was her thing. And she excelled at that. She made many more films with MGM, but just as with Dolores del Rio, MGM did not renew her contract. Probably because they, just as with Dolores del Rio, they didn't see much potential for Latin stars and focused on their roster of high-profile stars. 
So Lupe did freelance work for various studios in the US, relocated to England for two years, returned briefly to Mexico, and then returned to LA to work for RKO. And that is where she made her mark on American movie history with her Spitfire series. What is the Spitfire series? So in 1939, Valles was teamed with Leon Errol and Donald Woods in The Girl from Mexico. It was an average B-movie, or actually it was created as a B-movie, but it proved to be a huge hit with the audiences because they had such great chemistry. The comedy was just on point and Valles was just, she was just perfect for the role. So the three were reteamed for Mexican Spitfire. And then there were six more Spitfire movies, eight in total. And Valles plays in the series a temperamental Mexican singer that is married to an elegant American gentleman. And the basic plot line that was kind of repeated in each of them was about mistaking identities and lots of comic relief and lots of mistaking people for who they actually are. And this series really refueled Valles's career in Hollywood and it made her the first Latina to headline in eight movies straight. For Lupe Valles, on-screen and off-screen persona blurred. She was a hot-tempered woman on the screen and in real life. And she is recalled by journalist Bob Thomas to have been a lively part of the Hollywood scene. She wore colorful and bold clothing and she made as much noise as possible to get attention and to just be there. When it came to her love life, well, that was just as hot and tumultuous as her personality and it provided continued fodder for the tabloid press. When Lupe was contacted by the press, she readily gave information she didn't help back. And she had a relationship with Gary Cooper, who we know had a dalliance with Tallulah Bankhead earlier, and she attributed him to possibly have given her gonorrhea. But back to Lupe. During that relationship, Lupe Velas chased Gary Cooper with a knife and eventually cutting him so severely that he required stitches. Finally, the mother of Gary Cooper and his studio asked him to break up with Lupe, which probably was the sensible thing to do because he had lost 45 pounds and suffered from nervous exhaustion from that very relationship with her. And when he tried to board the train to go on the vacation to recover from the relationship, she showed up in the train station aiming at him to shoot. So that is kind of the person she is. During her marriage to original Tarzan actor Johnny Weissmuller, the press regularly reported about their physical fights. And there were scratches, there were bruises, there were love bites all over. And their on and off again marriage lasted about six years. But she was also linked to Clark Gable, Charlie Chaplin, Tom Mix, John Gilbert, Errol Flynn, Gin Williams, novelist Eric Maria Remarque, boxers Jack Johnson and Jack Dempsey, as well as one of her co-stars Arturo de Córdova. Another tumultuous area of Valesa's life were her feuds with other actresses and vedettes. Although they were less feuds, but imagined rivals, because it was one-sided. Valesa saw them as rivals, the others were just afraid of her. And it started early on during her days at the Vaudeville, and it carried over to her Hollywood days. One of her most hated rivals, if you can call her that, that was Dolores del Rio, who gained fame at approximately the same time. And Dolores del Rio, as I said in the beginning, was basically the opposite of what Lupe Velas was. 
So Dolores del Rio was elegant. She, she was polished. She determined what elegance and glamour would mean. And Lupe Velez was very beautiful and also clamorous, but she was not like this restrained and elegant woman, but she was rather a wild-tempered sexual woman who was no lady. So this is kind of, they were like opposites. And Del Rio was like really afraid of Velez and she tried to avoid meeting her. When meeting Velez, Velez would lash out at Del Rio and mimic her, which Velez did like but basically everyone she didn't think of a lot. Velez was known for doing impersonations of those she disliked when being at parties. Among those were Chetta Gudal, Lillian Tashman, Libby Holman, Greta Garbo, Marlene Dietrich, Gloria Swanson, Catherine Hepburn and Shirley Temple. And there was one incident where actually Velez approached Del Rio and Del Rio was just really nice to her. And Velez couldn't believe it because in her mind, it was her enemy. So that was also something which gave some fodder for the tabloid press. One thing to know about Velez is that she died really young. She died when she was only 36 years old and it was by an overdose of barbiturates. Apparently, at that time, she was pregnant with the baby of Harold Raymond. He was a fellow actor and she was engaged to him. But just four days before her death, Valès ended the engagement and kicked him out of her home. So what happened? In the evening of the 13th of December, Lupe Valès dined with two of her best friends. She retreated to her bedroom. She took 75 Seconel pills and a glass of brandy. And the next morning, she was found dead in bed by her secretary. And she had written a suicide note that read, To Harold, may God forgive you and forgive me too. But I prefer to take my life away and our babies before I bring him with shame or killing him. And on the back of the note, Valas wrote, How could you, Harold, fake such a great love for me and our baby when all the time you didn't want us? I see no other way out for me. So goodbye and good luck to you. Love, Lupe. There are different versions of why she intentionally ended her life. Because Raymond insists that he wanted to marry her. Although, at one point, he had wanted Velez to sign an agreement that he only would marry her to give the baby a name. But he later would say that these words were spoken in a temper when they had like a huge fight. And as we heard before, those fights were vicious. So yes, it could have been that he had uttered these words in anger and didn't mean them. There's also the suspicion that it might have been Gary Cooper's child, which Cooper himself acknowledged as a possibility. So she had rekindled her romance with him while he was married with another woman. It is actually not believed that Valesse would have killed herself over bearing a child out of wedlock. Since she thrived on going against norms and conventions, she was the one who was trying to break the mold for Mexicans in Hollywood. She was like a fierce voice for women, for Mexicans, for Latin Americans in Hollywood. And she was, she liked to be at this, in the center of attention. She liked to find something extraordinary for the tabloid press. So it seems kind of weird for her to have such shame around having a kid that she would kill herself. But it is rather believed that she was manic depressive as she showed more and more signs of the disease during the year of her death. And if the child was by Carrie Cooper and he rejected her and didn't want her, that might have sent her over the edge. Nobody knows for sure. 
But her death in American culture is a legendary because there's a myth going around, an urban legend, that she did not die from overdosing, but that she got very sick after taking the pills, stumbled to the bathroom, slipped on the floor and fell headfirst into the toilet and then drowned. Which seemed so comedic, which is kind of just a very strange way to die. And it is not true because her death is certified as being an overdose. But this urban legend is kept alive and it is a funny story. So this urban myth has been cited and used in like TV series like Frasier or The Simpsons. So Lupe Velez had a very short life, but she did make a mark on Hollywood. Together with Dolores del Rio, she kind of broke the mold for what Mexicans could be in Hollywood. So they had major roles. Lupe Velez was like the leading lady in eight stray films. She had her own series. She was feisty. She was fiery. She was just a new version of what kind of person could be on the screen. She brought something extraordinary to old Hollywood. We have to thank her for that. And I'm thankful that I discovered her because I had no idea who she was for the longest time. So I just loved to research her life. And I hope you liked it too. I look forward to talking to you next week and I hope you have a good one. Bye. Bye.